relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Going deeper on the big issues that matter to you, this is your exclusive podcast, America First, one-on-one, with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. Do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. That was President Trump in Alabama at the weekend at a record-breaking rally. And we are honored to have my former boss with us here on our national radio show, America First, across the country, President Trump. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Mr. President, uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, How different was your approach to national security? There was no wokeism under the U.S. military when you were commander-in-chief. Talk to our millions of listeners across the country about your plans for Afghanistan, the conditions-based withdrawal, and what we have witnessed, the disaster we've witnessed in the last three weeks. Maybe the greatest, most embarrassing disaster we've ever witnessed in our country. The uh, difference was uh, almost, uh, first of all, it was the opposite. It was the exact opposite. We knocked out ISIS when I took in when I took over, ISIS was all over the Middle East. We knocked out 100 percent of the ISIS caliphate. I notice now they call it ISIS-K, so you'll explain that. But uh, we knocked out 100 percent of the ISIS caliphate. We took out uh, al-Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS. And you know what else and who else we took out? We took out plenty. And we were in total control in terms of Kabul and in terms of Afghanistan. They weren't even close to us. We were going to get people because I believe in getting out. 21 years is enough. And we were like a police force over there. And they've got to take care of themselves. And as you know better than anybody, I predicted as soon as we leave, uh, they would stop fighting. And they were fighting for a lot of money. They were among the highest paid soldiers in the world, paid for by the American taxpayer. So that's exactly what happened. What we were going to do is get our citizens out, take out other people who deserve to be taken out. Then we're going to knock the hell out of uh, uh, the bases. But before we did that, we were going to take out all of our military equipment. I said down to the nails and the screws and the bolts, everything out nice and easily. And then we take out the soldiers and probably blow up the bases, because why should we give them to somebody else to use? So that was it. And uh, Bagram, we were going to keep because Bagram is near China, near Iran, and also in Afghanistan. So it covered a lot of territory. So I would have kept that. And it's a great area for exactly what it represents. So, you know, they spent billions and billions of dollars building it. That's the big Air Force base. So I think the biggest in the world, actually. So we would have kept that. Instead, we fled like there was no reason for it. The soldiers come out last, and the army, the military, comes out last after the people and after all of the $83 billion worth of the most highly sophisticated military equipment 
anywhere in the world. It is a disgrace what's taken place here and an embarrassment to our country. This is the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. There's never been anything like that. And we had I had meetings through telephone calls with Abdul. And I explained to Abdul that if any soldiers, any Americans are hurt or anything, these were all conditions. We had a conditions-based deal. And they were living up to them. And when they didn't, we bombed the hell out of them. But they were living up to them. A couple of times they got slow, and we bombed them. And they ne in 18 months, we haven't lost one American soldier because of that agreement. And if they came into, if they started hedging into Kabul, we would have we we sent out the F-18s and we knocked the hell out of them and they went immediately back. But we really didn't have to do that. He understood that they were going to be treated more harshly than any country, any time in the history of the world. And he understood that. And he, we had some very good discussions, some very tough discussions. But they understood that we would have gotten all our Americans out. All of everybody else that we wanted has to be vetted very carefully. Right now, they're just coming out by the thousands and guaranteed there'll be many terrorists in that group. And then we were going to take out the military equipment. And it would have been very simple. In fact, when we left, nobody even would have known. And then they can continue to fight their civil war or whatever they've been doing for hundreds of years. Mr. President, uh, the, the lying legacy media is supporting the Biden administration narrative that this is your plan, this is what you would have done. Uh, it is clear you've just communicated you had a conditions-based withdrawal plan. You would have kept Bagram. What would you be doing right now if you were the commander-in-chief? If one U.S. citizen were hurt in Afghanistan, what would your response be and how would you use our special forces? Well, we're in a much worse position right now than we were. When I had it, it was absolutely, we had it so locked down, we would have been able to leave so easily. And so, I mean, it would have just been a beautiful process. And then the only question was probably you bomb the bases, because why should we give those bases to others? So we bomb, we would bomb the hell out of the bases, the various bases, other than Bagram, which we would have kept. But if you think about it, how can it be worse? So now it's a much more difficult position because they have thousands of hostages, American hostages. You know, Jimmy Carter had a small number of hostages. Now they have thousands of American hostages, so it's much different. I would absolutely have a plan, but I don't want to say what the plan is because I think it would be inappropriate. But the idea that you would be taking orders from the Taliban like Joe Biden is? Ridiculous, because I dealt with uh, Abdul and everybody else, and we were totally in charge. And they would have never come in. They wouldn't have even tried to come into Kabul, even though uh, Ghani, I always said he's a crook, 100 percent crooked, a bad leader, but a crooked guy. And he had the United States Senate wrapped around his finger. That was his only strength. He had the he had Congress wrapped around his finger. That was his only strength. He was he wasn't liked. He wasn't respected. The government was corrupt. And I knew I always said I said it to you a couple of times. I said, as soon as we are thinking about leaving, he'll be the first one out the door. And that's it. And I guess he took based on what I hear. He took plenty of cash. He did. Oh, uh, cash.
Since uh, since I last saw you in Trump Tower in New York, uh, let's talk about another connected issue. The situation on the southern border has escalated. It's even worse than it was a couple of months ago. Uh, talk to us about what you're witnessing and how it it is different from what you did for all the American people when you were the commander in chief. So when I left, we had the strongest border, southern border in the history of our country. We had built almost 500 miles of wall. Uh, mostly finished. All he had to do is finish certain areas. It would have, could have taken a month. And he said he's not going to do it. And it's shocking. But it still helped. And we had the best numbers we ever had. And they ought to finish that wall. It would take a month. And they got to paint the wall. doesn't sound very glamorous, but you paint it or it rusts. And we were all set to start. And then we had a rigged election. And the numbers, I mean, it's so ridiculous what happened in that election. That election was totally rigged. It was rigged. It was stolen. It was corrupt. The most we've ever seen in our country in the history. I mean, more corrupt than most other elections in third world countries. So we had a rigged election and things changed and they took over. And as soon as they took over, they opened up our country to prisoners, to convicts to drug dealers and drug addicts and they opened it up to murderers and traffickers human traffickers mostly women as soon as they took over they destroyed it it took them two months now yesterday we had a big victory in the supreme court where the stay in mexico i had everybody staying in mexico couldn't come into the country but where stay in mexico was just upheld and it was a big big victory but you see, it was really a big victory for the country because what was happening was people were coming in and they were just allowing them to spread all over the country. And when you talk about COVID, they weren't tested. They didn't wear masks and they didn't uh, do vaccinations. They're infected people. Same thing with all of the people were taken out of Afghanistan. So those people are now being spread all over the world and they're not tested for COVID and they don't have masks. They don't have in. I feel very badly for those people, but the whole world is going to get reinfected. And your reaction, your your assessment of of the woman who is meant to be in charge of the southern border, who, when she's asked about it, uh, nervously laughs or cackles and says, well, I haven't been to Europe yet. Or when she gets off the plane in Asia, Kamala is asked about the situation in Afghanistan and likewise laughs at the reporter asking questions. Uh, Your your take on the person who's supposed to be securing the border. Well, it's very sad. And she didn't want that job. And she basically hasn't accepted that job because it would look like uh, she's not doing anything on the border. He's not doing anything. We have open borders where millions of people are pouring through those borders. And, And I'm not talking thousands or hundreds of thousands. I'm talking about millions and millions of people are coming up through those borders. And they're coming in from the Middle East as well as Mexico and other places. We're going to continue our discussion with President Trump, my former boss in the White House, 45th Commander-in-Chief here on the Salem Radio Network. If you want to continue listening to our discussion, we are video streaming it at rumble.com. Mr. President, uh, I I have to uh, ask you, 
We're very excited. I've said publicly here on America First, I've said it on numerous interviews on Newsmax and elsewhere, that before I saw you recently in New York, I had a 95% certitude that you would be running again. After I saw you, I said it is a 99.9% certitude that you're running. If you (laughs) run, as far as I'm concerned, you're going to win. What is a second administration going to be like? And as far as I'm concerned, if I may, as a former insider, the key question is going to be personnel. We need to build the bench that helps staff you and doesn't subvert you. What are your plans? What would the second term look like? And who's going to build that bench for you, sir? Well, first of all, for your listeners, you did a fantastic job. You were terrific. I deal with you a lot. And I dealt with you after you went out and made a fortune. I hope you're making a fortune (laughs) anyway, but I think you are based on your ratings. But uh, I dealt with you a lot, and that's why I do your show, and I don't do a a lot of other shows. I do people that I respect and people that have been fair, and you've been really, I congratulate you. But you were very important, and the great job that you did. You have a knowledge. I heard the word strategist mentioned in the opening, that you were a strategist, and that's really what Biden needs. He needs somebody to help him because our country is embarrassed. Our country has never been embarrassed like they are right now. In uh, the speech in Alabama, where we had a massive crowd, they say 68,000 people showed up in the rain. It was rain and thunder. And uh, we put up, I put up, I had the idea the morning of, this was Saturday, the morning of, uh, put up the General Patton, the opening monologue that he does in the movie Patton, which I don't know if it got the Academy Award or very close. And I think George C. Scott did get the Academy Award. But we put up the opening monologue. And I said, that is not a woke general, but it's a general that knows how to win. And we have guys that are more interested in things that have nothing to do with our military. It's, a, it's really what's go- going on now is crazy with our whole country, with our whole country. Well, what you- they're doing now to our country is what absolutely you inst- frightening. Well, you kind of nailed it. You, you summarized uh, the reality of the culture war in those uh, famous lines at the weekend. It's inspired us. We've even got new T-shirts. If, if, you, if you agree with the president, you need to check out if you're woke, that means you're a loser. We've designed them already. You can get them at the SebGorkaStore.com. It says, if you're woke, you're a loser. And that's straight from my former boss, President Trump. Uh, Mr. Trump, uh, President Trump, can I ask you a very serious question about, look, the, the, the people love you. They, they come out in their tens of thousands. As, as somebody said on my show, there is nobody since uh, FDR who can move tens of thousands of people with the love that you have, Mr. President. What is your message to those? There are a lot of people out there who voted for you twice who after last November have said, that's it, it's, it's over, I give up, they're going to steal it again. What do you say to those Americans who've lost hope, Mr. President? Well, first of all, one of the reasons they come out in the kind of numbers when you have 60, 70, 80,000 people showing up, we did one in Florida that was massive, we did one in Ohio that was incredible. I mean, it's, there's never been, there has actually never been anything like this, this whole movement of America first, or you could say make America great again. There are plenty of definitions, but uh, there's never been a movement like this. And they are looking for hope. 
And you know what happened in the last election is is terrible. So we won we won two elections. We did better the second time, by the way. I don't know if you know that, Sebastian, yes. but we got 12 million more votes the second time. We did much better the second time than we did the first time. But when something's rigged, it's rigged. And my message to them, we may have to do it a third time. Okay, that's the bottom line. But my message to them is keep fighting, keep strong. We're not going to let it happen. They're not going to take our country away. It's going to be bigger and better and stronger than ever. But we're going to have to do something because we have some very, very sick people. They're very evil, too. We've got a lot of evil people. But we've got people that I really believe do not love our country. Uh, you gave one of the two most impressive speeches you gave during my time in the White House, as far as I'm concerned, were the very first address to Congress, to the joint session, and then afterwards your Warsaw speech. I just want to play a very small snippet to remind people of what a commander-in-chief looks like and then to ask you how this applies today with the Taliban. This is your first address to the joint session of Congress, and you're discussing the then threat of ISIS. Cut to. I directed the Department of Defense to develop a plan to demolish and destroy ISIS, a network of lawless savages that have slaughtered Muslims and Christians and men and women and children of all faiths and all beliefs. We will work with our allies, including our friends and allies in the Muslim world, to extinguish this vile enemy from our planet. Since then, we have seen very disturbing things, Mr. President. We have a Secretary of Defense called Lloyd Austin testifying on Capitol Hill, saying he's going to hunt down enemies inside the armed forces. We've got Mark Milley saying that he's fine with critical race theory. He doesn't know what it is, but it's great, and he loves studying white rage because he's white. How concerned are you, and how tough will it be for you? What plans do you have for your second term uh, to deal with the wokeification, the politicization of the greatest military the world has ever seen, Mr. President? Well, when you say the greatest military the world has ever seen, as I said, woke is losers. And I used another word to describe woke, but we won't use it on your radio show. I can do that at a rally, at a rally but I'd rather not use it on your radio show. You know the word I'm talking I do. about. That's woke. And take a look happened. You know, you talk about the greatest military, but take a look at what happened in Afghanistan. I mean, we beat the Nazis, but look at this. We're being sent out of Afghanistan. And frankly, the August 31st date is not being lengthened because they're not allowing him to do it. It's not because of him. It's because they're not allowing him any more time. Whoever thought this was possible. So with this woke culture, our military is going to be a loser and the whole country is going to be a loser. So the bottom line is we have to change it. And it was all done by a, a an election that was just fraudulent. It was a fraudulent election. And this is how we have it. And, you know, they're changing the whole culture. We're becoming a communist state. Everybody's being prosecuted. They're prosecutors all over the place. They're using the Justice Department and local prosecutors at a level that nobody's seen before. Uh, all of the things that are happening, this is like a communist country that's being run. And it's a disgrace. I will tell you, uh, Bill Barr certainly didn't do this stuff. And, uh, you know, he was uh, he got a little scared when they started talking they were going to impeach him. But uh, this is a terrible thing that's happening to our country. What's happening to our country 
is happening at a level that we've never seen before. And in addition to that, we're really losing our military, because who would think that our military is fleeing Afghanistan? We had it under total control. And I let the leader know, you will be hit like no country's ever been hit. And he fully understood that. He wasn't going to do anything. And again, we didn't lose a soldier in 18 months because of me, because of our agreement. It was a very strong agreement. And if they didn't fulfill all the conditions, then we bombed the hell out of them. We were in the strongest position. It was not possible for us to lose. And we w I wanted to get out. As we were there long enough, we were there 21 years like a police force, I wanted to get out. And we would have gotten out with total dignity. It would have actually been a win. It would have been a win. Now we're getting out with the worst loss in the history of our country, in the history of our military. Yesterday, the GOP received a classified briefing behind closed doors from the Pentagon and the intelligence community, Mr. President. Afterwards, a man who is not known for his hyperbole, the chairman of the committee, Mike McCall, said, we will not be able to get all Americans out by the deadline and there will be blood on Biden's hands. Is there any scenario under your commandership as the president that you would have left Americans in Afghanistan? Zero. Now, some might want to stay there. You know, have all different uh, kinds of people and people. That's why you have menus in restaurants. People order different things. OK, there's some people probably possibly want to stay there. Even Americans, maybe for whatever reason. But people who want but to get out, would you, would you have left out, anybody have there who wanted to get out? No, no. Anybody wanted to get out, they would have come out and they would have come out in an orderly manner. It wouldn't be rushed out. And if you don't have it by August 31st, we're going to leave you there because once once we leave. But we're being pushed around by them. Biden is being dictated to by the Taliban. It's not even possible to believe. And ISIS is tougher than Taliban. And we wiped out. A I wiped out 100 percent of the, the ISIS caliphate. You know that you were there. Yes. And by the way. Uh, the caliphate was building and building and building at a level that nobody's seen. Obama and Biden lost total control. I wiped it out. You know, we have great generals in there, but you don't know them. They're not the television generals. They're the real generals. Is, uh, is it fair to say, would you use the word surrender when it comes to Biden and the Taliban? Is that what he's doing in Afghanistan today? A total and complete surrender. I've never seen anything like it for no reason. We had it so powerful, they wouldn't have done anything until we were gone. Then they can go back to their civil war, but they wouldn't have had much of one because I always said Ghani would be gone. Everybody would flee. You know, that's what happened. I mean, let's face it. It's ridiculous. We paid so much money. We paid them salaries, and they were there to collect the salary. You know that. So do I. So does everyone. And I said it's going to – once we leave, I said, before we leave, Ghani will be gone. He'll take cash. You know, everything I said has turned out to be exactly right. But we would we had a, we should leave. There's no reason. We're spending forty billion dollars a year in Afghanistan. Forty billion. Russia's entire budget is fifty billion. We were spending forty billion dollars a year in Afghanistan. And obviously when you look at what happened, you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh, the soldiers fought. They fought because they were being paid a lot of money by the US taxpayer. Uh, just to translate that, it uh, is a huge sum of money. Uh, let's uh, translate that. It's $60 million a day. 
The United States has invested $60 million every single day for 20 years. Uh, we're going to continue disgrace. our disgrace. It is a disgrace. We're continuing our discussion with uh, President Trump. Uh, Mr. Trump, it is clear that the left has become radical. This is a party that is uh, socialist or communist. They want to destroy this country, not just the squad, but also the other radical elements. However, it is my contention as somebody who served in the White House, who saw the, the extent of the deep state at the highest levels of our U.S. government, that perhaps the greatest threat is the permanent state, is the deep state. Um, how aggressive will you be in your second term to root out those who don't believe the American people get to choose their president? So we had some people in my first term. They've been there a long time, but they are deep state. There's no question about it. Look, I had great people. I had a lot of great people. We rebuilt the military. We rebuilt. Can you imagine a lot of the things that I bought for our military have been handed over? $83 billion have been handed over to the Taliban. It's not even believable that this could have happened by Biden. But we rebuilt the military. We did so many things. We were so good on health care. People don't realize it. We were so good on every aspect, including the fact that we cut taxes more than any other administration in history. We cut regulations. That's why our jobs were so good. We had more jobs than we had the greatest economy in history, probably the greatest economy in the history of the world. We had 160 million jobs. We've never even come close to that over the years and certainly not even now. But I rebuilt the economy twice. I rebuilt it before COVID. I built it before COVID and then rebuilt it after COVID. But you see, COVID's coming back. Now, if I were president and COVID came back, there'd be front page stories. They don't even mention it with Biden. But COVID's coming back. I mean, you look at the numbers. The numbers are, in some cases, worse than they were before. And nobody blames Biden. But if you look at Afghanistan, you look at COVID coming back, you look at uh, many other things, including high taxes, high gasoline prices. The economy is going to be ruined because it's all phony. It's all fake. They're just pouring money into they're pouring free money into the economy. You look at what's going on. Uh, we got a, we're going to have an interesting period of time for the next three or four years that I can tell you. I, yeah, Not on, good. When it comes to COVID on China, I want to publicly recognize the debt of gratitude I have to you, Mr. President. You said originally that hydroxychloroquine is a game changer. When I caught COVID, I took it and I had three days of the sniffles. Uh, that's how powerful your leadership is. It is sad that that reality is being denied. Today, today, Biden allegedly has been briefed by the intelligence community on a report that says it is inconclusive whether the China virus came from Wuhan, your reaction to that unbelievable report being given to Biden? Well, it came from Wuhan and it came from China. They don't even talk about it coming from China. And, you know, they protect China but because they're all making a lot of money out of China. A lot of money. A lot of money. They're all making money out of China. And, uh, you know, they do the Russia, Russia, Russia thing. That was another hoax, one of the many hoaxes. But uh, now it's uh, China's a threat. We can get along with China and we can get along. I liked President Xi until the COVID, COVID came. We had a great relationship. Once that came, I call it the China virus. Once that came, it was a different kind of a deal. But I always had a good relationship with him. And he treated us with great respect. He's not treating them with respect, but he treated us with great respect.
and the vulnerability of this administration to blackmail or other national security threats, given the existence of the laptops from hell that we now know actually belong to Biden's son. How, how much of a national security threat is that, Mr. President? Well, they're very, very vulnerable to threats because uh, I guess Hunter has at least one or two because if you look at the last tape from two weeks ago, that, by the way, the mainstream media doesn't report. You know, that would have been five, six, seven years ago. That would have been the biggest story of the year, that laptop where he's talking to whoever he's talking to. I don't know where she came from. But that whole thing is, that is a massive scandal, but they don't talk about it. It's not on the mainstream media. Look, The mainstream media is so dishonest. You have a laptop that, and I think maybe I was the first one to call it the laptop. Now it's called the laptops from hell. Yes. There's unbelievable information that he's worried about coming out. So there seems like there's another one if you listen to that conversation. No, they're very, very vulnerable. There's no question about it. Uh, Mr. President, uh, I I want to uh, thank you on behalf of the uh, 74 million Americans uh, who voted for you. Uh, You didn't have to run for the presidency. You were famous enough, rich enough. You didn't need this job. You did it. And I want to thank the First Lady as well for putting up with uh, the disgusting calumny, the attacks for four years that still continue against you and your whole family. What is your message? We have three million listeners and we have millions of followers on social social media, on our video streams. What is your message to the 74 million people who voted for you and the future of America? Yeah, and it's much higher than that number, actually, as it's turning out. Much, much higher than that number. My message is keep the faith, keep praying, keep working. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. We're going to bring our country back. We made America great. We're going to make it great again and again. Because it's really, you know, make America great again. Now it's make America great again, again, if you think about it. But (laughs) just keep fighting. Uh, Keep your spirit going, because the spirit now is greater than I've ever seen it, Sebastian. I've never seen the spirit as strong as it is right now. And we will end up doing some incredible things in the not-too-distant future. And you're never giving up. You're never giving up, are you, sir? Never give up ever. We can never give up and we can never let things like happened in Afghanistan happen again. That's a disgrace. The greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. Thank you, sir, for taking time to share your views and your future plans with all of our millions of listeners here on the Salem Radio Network with me on America First. God bless you. God bless your family. And please keep doing what you do. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.